0: Welcome to the Embero show, episode number 274. Mm. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me or I am with cold coffee, I guess you would say since we are here at the Casa de Cold Coffee. The welcome. The unofficial headquarters of the MMA Roadshow during quarantine, <laughs> the pandemic headquarters, the pandemic headquarters of the MMA Roadshow,
1: which I will say has recently gotten much nicer, bro.
0: I mean, if we want to get into it, let's not bury the lead. Let's not bury. I it. mean, there game is changer, a game done huge changed. upgrade to the studio here at Hathaway Productions, and you might say, well, oh, what, what? What piece of equipment did you guys get? What have you added? What did we get what, in here? Have you done something to improve the audio as I'm listening? I'm trying to think. Is that, is that a little, is that a little more clear that I sound? Is there maybe a a, a hint more of bass there? Is there a, a bit more or, audio clarity? Or is there a slight hum of an electrical noise in the <laughs> background? <laughs> no, we have not invested in anything that might... Well, maybe it would improve the product. I think it improves think the product. I think it improves the product. It is a beautiful... Refrigerator, a little mini fridge, little mini fridge right here in the studio. Uh, so now, thanks to Mark Fellows, who pointed out our our disgusting habit of basically just <laughs> our shameful, ca- I guess, our shameful just habit, shameful habit of basically just setting a case of frosty beverages right here with us, and then just and going through them. And by yeah. the way, at the rate we go through them, they don't get too warm.
1: No, no, it's it's, definitely the, end, it's do. the end of the night ones that we're like, it's like if we're done taping, like you've left. I've finished editing, and I'm like, oh, I just try to reach in there just for one last one.
0: It's warm those at are that not point. So good. I'm just like, those uh, are not so good. Well, we so no good. longer have that issue. We now have a mini fridge right here at the Casa de Cold Coffee inside the studio for Hathaway Productions. And uh, by the way, uh, stocked up this week. Thank you to Dustin Love who has hounded me on <laughs> on on Twitter. And just saying, bro, sign up for a Venmo so I can send you money. And I'm like, I don't have Venmo. He's like, sign up for a Venmo, and I will send you money So funny to buy Frosty Beverages. Is he beverages. overseas? And uh, I don't know. I didn't ask him where he was Venmo, located. It's it. weird
1: because um, I've always went like either like uh, the Zelly through like Chase or whatever, right. or then there was like PayPal, and then there's some other ones. But I remember the first time somebody told me Venmo, I was like, It's
0: a new generation, bro. I said, like, what
1: is this Venmo?
0: We're getting old, man. We're getting old. Let's just, be honest. So. Let's just be honest about it.
1: PayPal still rocks it, though. I,
0: but, but I signed up. I now have a Venmo account only because of Dustin Love. Thanks, Dustin And Love. he sent us uh, some cash this week to cover some frosty beverages. So I like it. No complaints there. And I will say the refrigerator... Uh, c- courtesy of the direction of Mark Fellows, uh, is coming at an, uh, an opportune time because it is it's 108 degrees outside today. It is man.
1: so hot outside right now.
0: It's uh, it's uh, it's it's a little bit warm, and and it, I will say that uh, you know it, it does kind of make the room temperature of the place go up a little bit. So to now know that our frosty beverages are stored. Uh, it's it's a much improved product, so,
1: and and uh, and it's and it's uh, a workout because now we have to take a few extra steps. Sure, to get there. so it's sure. like we're getting our steps in. That's right. We gotta get up in in and take three break.
0: steps over to the refrigerator versus like you're just steps. sitting right here. Yeah, it's like three steps. We'll see. Maybe we might we might need to relocate it just so we don't I have to move. I honestly
1: it up. thought about doing that, but then if I it wasn't for the hum, I I thought about putting underneath the, the table. Ah, uh, but it would but pick I up in the recordings. In, but then I was afraid it would pick up in the recordings. It's still pretty silent. It's pretty quiet, but. still still you can hear it like when I'm in here by myself and I have all like uh the tv's off the fans off and then uh because I normally just I don't know I'm a freak that I pick up the different sounds especially mm-hmm. if you're just so used to being quiet in a vacuum so the first thing I heard I was like is that the hum from the refrigerator and I was like okay it is I was like all right well let's push it over so it's off to the side right, been... so
0: so what we're trying to say is look at the sacrifice we're making for right? the community like we want the audio quality to be on point so because of that we have arranged the studio in such a way that it forces us to get up and take three steps to three. get to the cooler. Maybe,
1: I might be four. You're about three steps. I, I think I have an extra step because I'm a little bit on Those the Those are sacrifices side of the you make for product right.
0: quality. You know what I mean? Right. That's the kind of commitment we have to to, to quality listing here at the so Roadshow. So thank you,
1: Roadshow listeners, for your suggestions and for your support, uh, due to you. We
0: have some super cold beers now. God bless them. God bless them. Uh, back on furlough for me this week, should say. Um, and I, I'm actually taking some vacation next week. Since there's no MMA next week, uh, I'm actually burning a few vacation days because it's been tough to, what, what to slip it? those in a little bit. I know. What is Vacation what is days. Crazy. How we do you have spell those. that? How we you- have some of those, believe it or not. Uh, I'm, I'm sliding some in since we don't have any uh, fights next week. I'm sliding some in. Uh, so furlough for me this week, but I'm, I'm staying busy I'm staying active, I've been getting up with a sense of purpose Every day, trying to trying to do something Enjoying some family time, I did a little top golf With the family uh, earlier in the week Also went to the pool uh, And got sunburned As hell, uh, our community pool Was finally back open, and, and it's all different Now, of course, under COVID, you gotta Make an appointment, and you have to social distance And you can only stay a certain amount of time But took the family to the community pool, and that was nice And uh, but uh Staying underwater will not protect you from the sun's rays, apparently, and, and uh, that is something <laughs> no, not. That, that is something that I had forgotten. So I'm I'm sunburned as hell, but we carry on.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of the COVID, by the time you guys uh, all here listening to this, or depending on the time I finally get it done, um, we will be under new rules, new COVID rules here in Nevada, That's and right. masks are now uh, mandated by the governor if you're out in public. So even if you're in uh, an establishment that's private property, they want you to wear one as well. So if you go into a store, they expect you to still keep it on
0: when you go into the store and stuff. So uh, it's going to be a new look for Vegas. Starting yeah, it's interesting. It's been kind of highly recommended, but now yeah. it's it's required. I yeah. mean, I'm assuming obviously when you're at a restaurant or something you take it off when you sit. At yeah, your when table you're or when you're when thing. you're eating and stuff You'll like that. You have to that. like lift it up and and. Oh, that would take so <laughs>
1: long. And then imagine if you're trying to use like chopsticks, which is already can be difficult for some, and then to try to work it around or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, part of it is. You know, there's been such a push to get through these phases, get through these phases, reopen, reopen, reopen. And we're currently in phase two, and they were hoping to get into phase three. But as of right now, phase three has – and and I can't remember the fine details of what three actually is, but uh, it just means more open of everything, right. uh, probably schools and all of the other uh, stuff. But three is on an indefinite hold right now, so we are stuck in two but part of it is this is their way of sort of saying, okay, we don't want to immediately freak out and go back the other way. So for those that are freaking out because they have to wear a mask, it could be much worse if they just said, okay, hey, go back home. Now you got to stay back home. This is home. to try to prevent you know? another shutdown. This is to try to prevent that. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a big deal. I don't get why people are so frustrated about it. I put it on, and, I, I mean, it's not that you can forget that it's there because especially even when I'm – the one I have sort of rides up and I feel like it's going to go into my eyeballs and it's not the most comfortable. And if you wear it long enough around your ears, it starts to, you know, get a little, uh, you know, aggravated, but on the, on the opposite, it's so much better than, than the, what you could be doing. I thought
0: what uh, Governor Sisolak, which our governor here in Nevada, what he said the other day that resonated to me was, Hey, if back in March I had told you, you know, knowing what we know now, if back in March I had told you, Hey, listen, We don't have to shut everything down. We can keep this economy going. But what I need you to do is I need you to wear a mask at all times, and I need you to stay six feet apart from people. Would you have done it? And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, because, dude, this past couple of months have been devastating, right, for for so many people financially. Um, And I'm with you, man. I I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I don't like wearing a mask. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. But, dude, I mean, just wear the damn mask.
1: If that's what it takes to, to be able to go out and do stuff. And if you know that it is helping that they have shown that it has helped to prevent it. I mean, even just having just that cloth barrier, these are not the, what is it, M95? N95. N- N95, yeah, N95 ones, which are like the the real hardcore ones that block the so many of the particles. It just, they've shown that it does its part. And, and if that's the least it it takes for me to still be able to go out and exist in, in society, I don't... It's not a big deal for I, me.
0: I, I agree. I just wear my cyborg uh, face mask covering that uh, that her and her team sent me. It's the most yep. comfortable one I have. I wear that. I did order. You didn't get the the hot balls one yet? No. <laughs> is he, is he selling one too? Yeah. No, uh, oh no, the one. Yeah. It, no, it, no, no, it, no, no, it, no. It, That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, no, no, no. So I do. So I, I've been wearing that one. I did order one from Roots of Fight. It's like a Muay Thai one. It's pretty. good. Uh, it's actually okay. a Two pack. It's cool. But uh, so I like that one too. Um, I was gonna make one. I was. I was. But it was a little too expensive. I was gonna try to make one. Um... I say it was too expensive. I think the minimum would have been like twenty bucks. I didn't know if it would turn out good, but yeah. I wanted to make like the Verdun face one. We're gonna hand sew it or something. No, no, no. You can get. You can like they have. Everybody now is trying to capitalize on. Uh, it. You can just like upload just a JPEG, things? like gotcha. upload a JPEG, and the customer. I thought it might be funny. The Verdun face is a mask. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. Only if only. I guess like only to in us. the bubble. Like, if you were in people the public, in the yeah, people would be like, people "What is the wrong bubble. with Yeah, this yeah
1: if not. They would be like. Uh, I don't get it. Why is he wearing that guy? That's making that funny. And that
0: like would just like, and it would just be you know the mouth and the nose part, right? You wouldn't do the whole face. You know what I mean? It would just be the mouth and the nose part, okay. And then it would, and so you would look like you had the Verdoom face on, on your face. Funny? Yeah, I guess I'd have to see it, because <laughs> I would want to just see the whole face. Well, that's the thing like- is, was you, it was like I think it was like the the cheapest you could do for one was like yeah. twenty bucks or something. And I'm like, man, if I pay twenty bucks and this looks stupid, like I'm not going to be happy yeah. that I just wasted twenty bucks. But if I pay twenty bucks and it looks awesome, yeah, it'll be pretty funny. Yeah. Well, do you think
1: you'll get a kick out of this? Since I told you how recently I've been totally switched into Betty Crocker mode and like this whole like <laughs> pandemic thing's been making me do like arts well I wouldn't even say arts and crafts it's made me want to like Bake and do other stuff. I actually contemplated getting a sewing machine to make my own and, like, just to do some other little stuff. Like, okay. I haven't worked on a sewing machine since, like, I By the way, this is theater. the same
0: man who has spent this entire afternoon talking to me about the process he uses for baking pies and <laughs> cakes now. So, just FYI, well, how pies, it's going over least. here at the Casa de Cold Coffee. It's, it's, um,
1: Coffee Crocker right over here. Well, it's funny. I haven't worked on a sewing machine since uh, theater in uh, at Ohio State, you know, where part of it was like you went to the store and you would get uh, fabric and you would get uh, clothing what, designs and you would lay it over the fabric. You cut it out and do all this other stuff. It's like a blur. I don't even really remember doing it, but I have a pair of like... Uh, pajamas that I made in college as part of like what? One, of the, one of the classes you had to make for a for theater class. But when this whole thing came out, and it was like I was ordering my mask, I was so frustrated because the first mask I ordered was supposed to come like within 10 days or whatever, got backlogged, I canceled, then it sent me back another 10 or 15 days. I was right. like, I was like, I could probably just try to hand sew something. I was like, but, man, it'd be cool to just be able to sew something up. And then it just it brought back all these memories of, like. It
0: would actually be cool.
1: It would be kind of fun, you know, just do, like, arts and crafts stuff or whatever. But, like, sewing machines are not that cheap, especially if you get, like, a decent one. So I was looking at one that was, like, 200 and some bucks. And I was like, stop. Think about this. Are you Are you going to use this? Are you going to use this? So it's still on my save for later list of Amazon is <laughs> sewing machine.
0: I'll be honest, man. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. I've never used a sewing machine in my life. I've hand stitched some stuff, yeah. like making little repairs or stuff that need to be done. They're a little bit
1: more difficult than what they seem, you know. Especially when it just comes to threading it. Once you get it threaded, and once yeah, you get yeah, yeah. going, it's not as bad. But if you do it the wrong way and you get it, it, you get it messed up. It's it's completely frustrating. But I think it's with anything, you know. Once you get into the hang of something, you create something, you make something for yourself it's just kind of cool you know but that's part of what this whole being at home pandemic thing has done for me is i've decided to 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 pick up and do things that you know
0: baking more and about to start sewing (laughs) yeah i love it you're gonna make a great wife someday no that's sexist i shouldn't say that god i can't believe that came out of my mouth i'm so sorry if i
1: could be lucky enough someday
0: (laughs) i'm so sorry uh all right listen uh normally i don't like to, to to go back and talk about previous events um, just because, you know, by the time it's it's Thursday, Friday rolling around, we're, we're looking towards the next one, and, and yeah. we certainly are. But it has been a, a weird week, you know, with me being on – uh, on furlough. I, I haven't been as hardcore covering this event, and last week was such a crazy one for me because of all the, the, the involvement of uh, fighters that have coached my son, basically. Yeah. Have spent you talked to any of them afterwards? I, I have, and, 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 uh, and the one that's sticking around is Max Roshkoff, and, and yeah. I talked about this last week on the and a half episode, so those of you that support us over at patreon.com slash MMA Roadshow will have heard this to, to, to a degree, but I didn't want to, to not have the general audience hear it as well. I was To be honest with you, man, I am a little shocked at the the amount of backlash that Robert Drysdale has received for his work in the corner on this fight. Um, And I think a little bit of it has has kind of calmed down over the course of this week as other fighters have chimed in and as as he's done some interviews and Max has done a couple interviews. And um, I I think it's changed a little bit. But I I feel like I saw a lot of outrage to start with. And I just didn't think it was deserved. And and this is not to me as someone who – you know, ha, you know, again, has spent time in the gym with these guys, watched yeah. them teach my son. I mean, of course, I have a little bit more of a relationship because, I've again, I've seen them sacrifice their time. I mean, they get paid for it, but still, they yeah. they spent time with my kid helping him teach him martial arts and teaching him lessons in life. Um, I'm separating myself from that. What Robert Drysdale did, I didn't find any error with it at all. Uh, there is a huge difference between a fighter who is physically done and a fighter who is mentally done. And I think at that moment, it, Max was having a, a little bit of mental weakness, man. I think he was having a little bit of a, a mental break. And I thought Robert was trying to do the right thing in in coaching him back and getting back and using the 60 seconds that he has to say, hey, I believe in you, man. Even if you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you. You got this. We can still do this. To get you back on the right path, you know, to, to – to, It was funny. I mean, I was watching the fights, or my my wife was watching the fights, obviously, at home uh, as I was there inside the Apex, but we started talking afterwards. She's like, if that was my son... That's the way I would teach my – that's what I would be saying to my son. Like, don't give up. You can do this. Let's push mm-hmm. through. And I think there's a big difference between a fighter who is taking taken far too much physical damage and and can't go back out there. Yeah. And he did take some damage. He took some damage. But I didn't think it was to the point where you're like, this is egregious to send him back out there. I thought it was a mental, a mental break. The one thing I would say – and at the end, I mean, by the way, Rob also deserves credit that – uh, you know the inspector came in and says, "Does he want to fight?" And he did say, "No, he doesn't want to fight." So it's not like so he that's never part. relented. I, I heard that part, but I don't
1: remember seeing that or hearing I know. that again. I feel like the it only thing I saw in the video, I could see the doctor talking to the ref, and then it looked like the doc was tipping off to the ref, like, "Hey, go." go say something well, by
0: the way and I actually talked to Mark Smith who was the referee as well who I know pretty well from doing like tough enough shows and things yeah. like that and he said he said he actually heard Max talking as well so he came in right away he knew yeah right away to come in and ask um so I think it was said that the inspector called it off it didn't Mark it was the one that came in and saw it right yeah, away
1: I never remember seeing the inspector say anything to no, the was, or it, whatever. No. somebody
0: reported that it was and I can't remember who reported that way that it was the inspector it wasn't the inspector uh it was Mark Smith who heard what was going on um but, but Robert Drysdale did ultimately say, hey, he, he wants to quit. Now, here's what I would say. It wouldn't have changed much because we, we all had the audio. We all heard it. We all saw what was going on. I think from an optic standpoint, and again, it's just kind of semantics at this point, I think Rob could have, could have could have protected Max a little bit more and not say he wants to call it. You know, say, hey, we're not going to get to – you know, kind of step out and take it. Hey, I can't allow him to go out or I, I'm not going to – you know, to own, to own the stoppage a little bit more than, than putting it on Max. But at the end of the day, th- I mean, that's that's really just more of a, hey, you know how you could have handled this a little bit better? Yeah. And it wouldn't have changed anything. So I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I wanted to say that because I feel like Rob caught a lot of grief that was unnecessary, and, and I didn't think it was fair. I thought what he did was right. I think uh, you've heard a lot of fighters come out and say the same thing since. I was saying it on Saturday night as well. I think what Rob did was, was right. He tried to coach his fighter through a moment of mental weakness. Um, he wasn't trying to send him out there on some suicide mission and get his guy hurt for people that don't know they live together. I mean, right. you know, Max, moved, Rob gave Max a place to live as he developed in his career. I mean, he cares about him that much. He's invested yeah. in him so much. So, do you think that made him maybe too comfortable
1: with him to to not think that he got to the point. And I don't mean to cut off your no, point, no, no, like no. to cut off to, instead of cuz I I agree with you. He gave him he, he was he did what he needed to do, but at some point you need to then eventually say are you sure, Max? Do you want me to call this?
0: But he did. He was like, are you, he did say that. I mean, you could hear it in his voice. You could hear he was like, "Are you? Are you? Su- are you su- I mean, are you sure you want to do this? You know what I mean? Like, and I think, I think Robert knew. See, I never remember hearing that. Robert but. knew the type of grief that was going to come associated with this. He knew. I mean, this is going to stick with Max Roshkar for the rest of his career. It's either yeah. going to be a moment that. I mean, this is a crossroads moment for him. He is either yeah. going to find something and dig deep from this and and just launch into a strategy because of what he you know, what he learned in this moment, or he's going to find out that this isn't what I thought it was. Maybe I'm not cut out to do yeah. this. And, and and I think I don't think there's. I think it's going to go serious one way or the other. But he did say, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And he said it in such a way where it was like, and he didn't say this, but you, I I could tell from his tone, he's saying, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Because. There are severe repercussions that are going to come from this, and there have been. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think there's been overall some support, but of course, there's been fan backlash yeah. behind the scenes. You know, the UFC brass hasn't been excited with it. Um, you know, I, I know Dana. You know, Dana kind of trashed him at first, and then he came out and kind of defended him a little bit as well and said he had the right to do it. Um, but I mean, look, this is going to be a big hurdle for Max to come back from. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I remember that night when it when it after it happened, I was saying like, this is one of those things that he. Just like Dana said, uh, you know, there's no shame for what he's been able to do and where he's taken himself, what he's been able to do. But at some point, if if it is a mental thing, and if he just got to the point where he felt he was broken, that's the kind of thing where you need to really decide, well, is this really for me? Right. He could have a career as a coach, as a trainer, as a whatever, but it doesn't mean that he needs to be a UFC fighter to do that. But I thought that that was one of those points that if it wasn't to the point where he was – Actually hurting so bad, and then he just felt like I, I realized I gave my all, and I can't get past this person. Yeah. So mentally, he decided to shut down. But at I at think, some point, at that point, you got to decide. Well, if this is at this level, am I, is this right for me? I know. You know. That, and you're
0: absolutely. He's gonna have to look within himself. I think fatigue was a big part of it, and I think the other. It is the first time he's been tested his career. He has. He was 5-0 and oh with five first-round yeah. stoppages. Nobody had ever been able to withstand his grappling attacks and, and, and been able to do it. And, and, you know, we talked about it going into it. I mean, the guy had faced Mark Mattson, He had faced Davi Hamos. Like, he had faced some top-level yeah, grapplers. Those some good guys. And, and, uh, and, and Austin Hubbard was able to, to, to weather this storm as well, you know. So, um, I still believe Austin
1: in- striking was great. I mean, like – I, I think, one, he came in also, too, with a little chip on his shoulder, too, because he knew that he was getting put up against a guy that the UFC was trying to push up. I mean, he clearly knew that. And I just think he put on probably uh, one of the best striking displays that he could have for that night, you know. Yeah. And then once he started realizing that he was hurting him, then he just got fired up, and then he looked even better, you know. so Big into the body. As much as fine. people want to say that Max is the one that, you know, he either couldn't, you know, take it or gave up, Also, Austin had a wonderful performance. So a lot of people aren't giving Austin the credit for what he was able to do. And Max
0: even wanted to make sure that that was more of a storyline. You know, the little conversation I had with him, he was like, I wish people were talking more about how great Austin Austin looked and how he dealt with a guy that had some hype.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, Max is – I mean, everything that I've seen when I've seen him train people and everything I know that I've seen in his footage and seeing uh, what you've talked about him and seeing the, the results of what he's able to do, you know he's a badass. So for Austin to go in and do what he did, it wasn't like Max just went in and had a bad night. Austin just went in and was the better person that particular night. So I think there's – this is either going to be a crossroads for Max where he's either going to decide, you know, it wasn't my night, I just got caught up in it, whatever, I'm going to take another go at it. Um, but that's going to be one of those decisions he's have. And when it came to, you know, Drysdale, whether or not – when I was saying about Izzy, too, familiar, you know, especially with living with something, you know – you know that what somebody needs to hear to push him. And I just wonder if he wasn't so close, if this just was a person that he trains and that he doesn't have as close a relationship, if he would have switched sooner to the point to where he was like, okay, clearly I can see. If he wasn't as invested in Max... If he could clearly see, okay, this fighter is done. Instead of saying, bro, I know you. I live with you. I see you. I know everything that you're capable. I know that in my heart of hearts, I could just, if I say one more time, maybe you're going to eventually say, okay. But maybe if it was just another person that he trains, maybe he would have made that switch sooner. And that's the part, when I listened to it, I never felt like I heard the part where he was just like, it didn't feel. It felt more like an afterthought at the end when they're separating. They're saying, "All right, you got to get out of here." When he was like, "Okay, now I need to think about should should we call this off now?" Right. And, and and then if he did say something like, "Yeah, this is this is over," or whatever, I would just wish I would have heard that while the TV was there watching it, that that decision would have happened sooner. And I think it was just if it maybe they weren't so close that that would have happened sooner. Because, I mean... That's no fair, doubt. but
0: that, and then the question goes, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know That's what thing, I, mean?
1: I mean? I think it's good and bad both ways. I mean, I think it's definitely good that he knows how hard he could push him, but at some point you have to realize your own sort of faults too and say, am I too close to the situation that I didn't realize? I missed the signs to, 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 to pull this fighter out. Like, the fighter clearly was giving it... It's good to push back a little bit and say, are you sure? Are you sure? Come on, come on. You're a fucking winner, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is the fifth time my boy has asked me to fucking get him out of here at what point does it trigger did it need to be the 23rd time <laughs> you know and i'm just i'm, I'm no, not I trying heard- to be funny with that but i just think there there could be a point where the closeness might have been the downfall because he knows there's nobody probably better to understand what max is able to do and he let that uh, he he gave his all, and I can't fault him for it. But I think in that's that what sense. you want
0: behind you. That's the kind of support you want. I mean, True. If he had a broken arm or a broken leg, or you know, he's like, I'm pretty sure I tore my ACL. Yeah. Um. You know, which obviously Josh Emmett did later in the night and continued on. But I mean, if somebody if somebody's nursing a real physical I- I- injury and they're like, I can't go back out yeah. there, but I think that I think that 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 Robert saw that this isn't physical, man. Yeah. This is mental. This is emotional. This is psychological. We can get past this.
1: There's a. There's and this probably doesn't relate at all, but for some reason it just popped in my head. There was uh, when I played music, and uh, I still play out with myself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When I played in a band, but as I was coming up playing in multiple bands, there was at one point where I played with one of my best friends, I've known since I was like in the fourth grade. One of the first people when I moved to the Gahanna, uh, a little suburb of Columbus. And as he was a guy I played, was a good musician in his own right, you know, he was a good friend. And I felt like, man, if we just keep playing music, man, we'll get there. We'll get there someday. And then when I started playing with better players, it got to one point where uh, as much as I wanted to support him and give him everything, there was a point where he wasn't able to cut it. He wasn't able to do it. But for the longest point, I couldn't not want him along I wanted to keep saying no guys this is good let's keep doing this keep doing it right until it reached a point where it was like you know he's holding us back right you have to at some point cut somebody loose even though you want and you believe in them and you know that they're capable of good things at some point are they really you know meant to be there you know so I don't know if that kind of relates or not well, but it's but, a proving
0: moment for Max because I agree know? like listen I I've, I've I've called the guy's fights so I've seen him up close in competition. Yeah. I've seen him in the gym both working out yeah. and and coaching. I believe with my eye with what I've seen with my knowledge of the sport I right. believe he has the talent to perform at he the has highest the level. Talent However, this was this is going to be a make or break moment for him man right. and, and whether it means Maybe he has to go back to the regional scene. Maybe he has to go back to the contender series. Or if he believes he can continue to cut it in the UFC, this is going to be a a, a, a testing moment. He's either going to recover from this or not. I do yeah. not believe that this will just be, ah, it was a fight that happened and nothing really changed. I believe this will either be yeah. the moment that Max realizes, here's what I have to do, and these are the changes I'm going to make to make sure that never happens yeah. again. Or the moment he goes, you know what, man? I chased this for a while, and uh, my heart's not really into it. And he made it. He
1: made it to the the the, the uppermost echelon of the sport. And you know, it, it's and there's no shame if it goes either way. No. You know, um, but you know, it, and 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 you're right. This could be that point that it just takes that moment. And what's funny is that the short-term memory of UFC fans or any fans for any particular sport out there, this is the kind of thing. Max decides he's all in, and it goes in, and just starts starching people. This will be obviously always a, a hiccup in the road, you know, to greatness. People will always remember it, but people will, history and the it is always sort of tinted. It's tinted glasses, and it eventually it could be a great it story. It could be a great right. story.
0: You know, man, here I was, I was on top of the world. I thought, I thought, man, nobody can hang with me. Five first-round <laughs> stoppages. I'm just waxing people. Yep. And then I got tested, and then I was like, "Oh, and this, and, and then that." I mean, it could be a great moment. He looked moment, good in the first round. Moment. He looked good in the first round. I mean, he just—I
1: don't. if it was just the the stamina, other stuff, and just started playing it. And he started taking that. And then I think it was Austin that kicked in, in the second because yeah. he he rocked Austin a couple times in the in the first one, but I think in the second. Uh, Hubbard just took over, but I I know we ran really long on that we because did, I know we, a, didn't really a, we, about, didn't really we didn't really talk. We didn't really get a chance to talk about, about, and about it. And it's a
0: situation that I am closer to than you know. Like I said, I don't you normally are. like to, to to look back, but I feel like I had kind of a unique perspective on it. But I mean, I tried to separate myself from that perspective with with my observation of this, and I just I don't believe Drysdale did anything wrong, um, and I don't believe that Max did anything wrong. I just believe this is going to be. You know, kind of that testing moment for him. Does he want to do this or not? And if he does, he can rebound from it. If he doesn't, that's okay, too. That's okay, too. No shame in it. One other thing I wanted to review that uh, has kind of been making the rounds a little bit, and I I found it really interesting because I heard USC President Dana White tried it out a couple times, and that is the line about fighting – that this is not a career, it's an opportunity. Uh, yeah. Now, if you're a long-time listener of the MMA Roadshow, uh, you'll have definitely have heard this before because we've talked about it before. And it, I thought the timing of it was funny because of the whole you know, hashtag Joe Silva stories right now. Yeah. That was an old Joe Silva saying, and I think it's been misinterpreted a little bit because I know it's people want to go at Dana and they want to go at the USC and they want to go at the pay structure, and we'll talk about all that in a second too because it's all fair discussion. But what I think is they're trying to take that and, and manipulate it to be like, well, what are you saying? I can't make career-type money in MMA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Understand that when Joe Silva said that and and, and Sean Shelby you know, adopted it as well, and that's where um, you know, Dana White... I think it originated. It might have originated from Sean, but I think it originated from Joe Silva. Um, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. I'll ask Sean the next time I see him. But the idea was that To not come into MMA thinking, I can do this for 15, 20, 25 years. You can't. Your body does not allow you to do that. When you have a career, you're thinking, okay, I got time, man. I can build and I can maneuver and I can move and I'm going to work towards retirement and all that. When Joe Silva and Sean Shelby would tell these fighters this, it was to understand that, look, you have got to come in Maximize your, your income, maximize your potential as quickly as possible. Put money in the bank um, and set yourself up for the next phase of life. In, in addition to it not being a career because you can't do it for 20, 25 years, it also doesn't Unless have pension. Unless you're Diego Sanchez, <laughs> and then you can do it and you're actually getting younger. As, as yeah. some, somehow you're actually Benjamin Button or whatever out there in your MMA career. Um, but and, and to also understand that there is no retirement or 401k yeah. or whatever to fall back on. So the idea yeah. is, you know. When you have an opportunity to fight, fight. Don't sit out. Take fights. Yep. Take bank that money, and also make sure that you're setting yourself up for the next phase in your life. So if that means, you know, putting putting away money for your kids' education, putting away money for a business that you want to buy, a venture, yep. whatever, all that. So um, I I just I wanted to clarify that because longtime listeners will have heard that before, but, but more recent people might not. And I think it was being manipulated a little bit into what it actually was supposed to originally mean
1: you know it's like that thing that you hear all the time the whole fake news things where people say that oh they're taking things out of context and uh you know using a bit of a phrase instead of the whole phrase because when you explain it like that it makes complete sense and it makes i don't see how anybody could be like oh yeah okay yeah no I, that makes complete sense but when you take that one line out of a, a greater conversation yeah, it does make it sound bad. when They're just like, bro, don't this ain't a career, man. You're just going to get in there. <laughs> yeah. And knowing the parties that have probably evolved, like, you know, knowing Joe Silver or something like that, he he would never shortcut it like that. And even Sean, who's, uh, you know, less wordy than than Joe is, <laughs> uh, it makes sense that it would be bigger. But you're right. You're right. I mean, like, and, and it's like. Any it's like any particular thing. I mean, if if you know that you have an, an opportunity to get in somewhere, you want to maximize the most you can. But you know, in a sense, it nothing's guaranteed, especially in the way our structure of work in just the United States, the whole what is what's the word, work pay, pay to work to hire or whatever. They could fire you for any reason. Oh, yeah, I forget yeah. what the what the damn term is. Um but they pretty much can just At will, right to work. At will, yeah, work, at right will. to work yeah. or whatever, yeah. yeah. Where they can pretty much just say Hey, you know, things have been great, but, you know, we're going to let go of your position, and they don't really have to have a reason, you know, and that's just an everyday job. So imagine being in one where you are, in a
0: sense, an entertainer. It's even more fickle, yeah. you know, um, but. It was interesting. I just I saw it being manipulated a little bit, and I said, you know what? I want to talk about that because I don't think the people that are here. It. It, it was an interesting time considering the hashtag Joe Silva stories that. Yeah. Because I've never really heard Dana say that a lot, and he said it a couple times this past I, week.
1: I bet, I bet if there was – I bet, you know, those guys were thick as thieves. And if one was saying it, I guarantee the others would up Oh, 100%. Up on it, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean, one he pulled pick from the up, memory banks. Yeah, who doesn't pick up a phrase from a
0: buddy here or there, you know? Absolutely. Uh, all right, so I said we are going to talk about the money thing a little bit. I did uh, for MMA Junkie this past week when I was working uh, <laughs> a, a Twitter mailbag. Uh, and normally we do a video segment, but we kind of got our wires crossed. So we ended up not shooting a video for it. But there Thank was a, there was an interesting uh, yeah because I have would have had to because you would have had to that was a long day. There was <laughs> a there was uh, Tan Win was the guy that wrote this out. It was at Tan Win uh, twenty thirteen on Twitter. He said his question was, should Mosley Dahl have taken the contract negotiation private instead of via Twitter? In most jobs, you don't negotiate contract with your employer via Twitter. That is just bad faith. And I thought it was interesting because. I, I I thought it was a good question, a very a very fair question, and I thought – I hope my answer made sense because I thought that – first of all, it was kind of cool that somebody would say it because I know it's easy to just go, yeah, I love Dog because who doesn't love Dog man? He's an absolute yeah. gangster, right? But you say, man, normally when you're negotiating with your bosses, man, you don't do it on Twitter. Like, that's not a good look. You know, if I started going out and, like, talking about my contract yeah. with USA Today and I'm, you know, talking about Simon Simano or talking about – uh, you know, Chris Perrone or Mark Hyland, you know our guys at the USA Today office. You know, it's probably not going to go well for me. But my answer was this, and and I think I think I'm right here that it depends on what Jorge Masvidal wanted to accomplish, A- and it's going to roll into this to this John Jones talk as well that happened on the Steve O podcast today as well because my my answer was this: if if Jorge Masvidal is only interested. in and getting the best possible deal for himself, then I think absolutely. Keeping it private, keeping it behind the scenes is the better way to negotiate. And you've seen some fighters come out and say the same thing because uh, the UFC, Dana White especially, uh, doesn't exactly respond well to public pressure. That's not really a fan of, of, of the way he likes to do things. If you want to go against him, he'll be happy to go against you. But if you do things behind closed doors, I think you get things accomplished better. So if the idea was to get the best possible deal for himself, then I think t- keeping it private would have been better. But if the idea is that he really wants to be a beacon for change and to try to help people and try to help the whole economy of the sport for fighters improve, yeah. Then I think absolutely speaking publicly, getting fighters talking, getting everybody you know discussing it is the right thing to do. Similar to what John Jones came out in these recent comments with Steve O, where he said, "Look, I'm gonna I'm I'm cool sitting out two or three years because I want to get you know uh, a deal." Okay, cool, if we' if we're just on a deal for yourself, good, you know, he said, I want to, you know, try to help change things for, you know some of the lower level fighters who aren't right. getting what I think they deserve. And if that's really the case, if that's honestly the motivation, then I think yes, being as vocal about it as possible and talking about it as openly as possible is the right way to go. I just will say, that it's still got to come with some kind of organization beyond be, be these fights, because as big of a star as John Jones is, as big of a star right now as Jorge Masvidal is, the UFC will go on without them. I mean, we're, you're, I mean Gilbert Burns, you know, I don't think you can blame Gilbert Burns for stepping into that role and saying, "I'll yep. take that paycheck. I'm I'm trying to put food on my table." Yep. And I think unless you get everybody on the same page and willing to organize, and yep. I I, uh, I just don't think even guys as big as John Jones and Jorge Masvidal st- holding out yep. is going to do anything to change the structure as a whole.
1: It's true. I mean, it, it, that's the whole thing of the whole collective bargaining. It needs to have everybody, you know, as big as we know uh, a fight week of Conor and, you know, how much money that his fights were bringing in when he was fighting more regularly, you know, you know, it seemed like people thought, like, oh, the UFC be nothing without Conor. Where's Conor now? The That's UFC right. seems to be just fine, you know? And the same thing will happen for these single fighters here or there. What really is going to hurt them is when they all group together and are willing to do that. But, unfortunately, a lot of them have families. A lot of them have been hurting. A lot of them need money. You know, if if – I lost my job, and you know, and you know, a friend was at a place, and you know, and there was a possibility of an opening there. Of course, I'm gonna be trying to get it. And then, if it was like me or him, I love you, bro, but I'm gonna try to get that job. You know, if it, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's tough to ask fighters as a whole, or any particular person in any sort of career, when you're in need, to sit back, knowing that maybe eventually this will pay off, and this will help us all out in, in the end. But to ask, you know, those that are in need to, to step away uh, is a hard lift. I mean, it's easy when you have a little bit of a padding to kind of take that time off and say, well, I'm going to wait for whatever, or to even say, hey, come on, everybody, join me. I'm sitting out until I get a fight. It's hard to say that when you have yeah. a, when you have a wife at the home or a husband at home waiting for you to bring home a check and you have kids and you have something to support. It's hard for that to happen, but... You know, with part of these guys, too, and I can see Dana's point uh, to a degree, most of these guys that are asking for more money and they want whatever, they just recently did contracts. Right. So you just renegotiate, and Dana said that, too. Like, we just renegotiated a contract. If you were going to hold out and do whatever, why didn't you do it then? We made an agreement. We signed it. Now stand up to your word. And then now that it's not what you want, you want to hold out for more, now you're going to go against your word, you're going to go against once you sign on a piece of paper. I get it. They need more money. They deserve more money. But you put your word on a piece of paper and you can't just say, oh, well, I was a naive kid and they paid me off with $100,000 cars. You were still a grown-ass man. We all make decisions. We all make mistakes. If you made a mistake and you didn't get what you get, you own up to it and you just do it because that's what we do, you know? I mean – who hasn't, uh, you know, maybe made a decision and you, and you just have to live up to it and then you live and you learn and you do it and that would be either your next negotiation. If you want to go on the Twitter and you want to go wherever and you raise a little bit of stink and get people to behind it, if anything, I thought Maslow and some of these guys are putting their name out there, they're throwing a little bit of stink, knowing that even if they don't take it so far, they can then go back behind uh, the closed doors, like you said, and maybe yep. renegotiate. But you have to find that point where you stop. You put a little bit out there, get yeah. the get the buzz going, and then you go back behind If you try the to dig doors. in
0: against the UFC and, and Dana White, he'll dig in against you. Yeah, and that I won't mean, if you're going to do
1: it, yeah. If you're going to do it and you're going to go all in and you're going to say this is what it is, then you got to be willing to to stick with that line and do it. And, and if, like you are, it. If, if you John- are, just go all in. And they might as well then just be like, hey, fighters, rally up
0: behind That's me. what I want to see. There has to be a next step to it. Just yeah. saying I'm going to sit out for two or three years. The UFC this- will say, all right, yeah. you've already seen Dominic Reyes. is like, cool. Have fun on the sidelines. We'll fight for the belt. Yep. Me and Yana go at it. You know. I mean, the the the, the it will move on. So you got to have the next step of that is is now. let's, now let's lead some organization. And It takes everybody. and that's the hard part is getting everybody on board because you want to get you, people
1: on board. How, how about these guys? And this is this is will never happen. All right, but say some of these guys that are uh, collectively have done better. So say Connor. Say uh, you know. Uh, John Jones, somebody, something that's making you know five million or more a thing. Say, so guys, we're gonna hold off. This is what we're trying to do, but I understand what you guys are going through. So, me and uh, Connor, we just put two million dollars here in a pile, and I'm gonna give you personally the fighters that are willing to do it. I'm gonna give you a little bit of a buffer. You say if you're twenty twenty or whatever, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a buffer. I'm gonna go as so far to say, here's my own money. Join me in this collective thing. Hold out from the UFC, and then let's really do Too many this. It will go quick though. You know it what? It will. Think you but need- I mean, but if you have if you have say 30 fighters that jump on with you, 30 fighters subtracted from the current needed roster, the UFC. Uh, I forget what the numbers they have to hit. They have to hit their numbers to get these. Yeah, like 42 events. They have to hold 42 events to get either the full amount or. Uh, start hitting performance sort of thresholds Is how I sort of think If they don't hit these amounts If there's not enough fighters to do this Of course the uh, the UFC will try to go out and grab whatever But if you make a stand for it And push it to where you're affecting their bottom line Where they don't have enough active roster fighters To meet the events That will really start making them change so, Their tune
0: So here's alright So one thing I will say about this And, and you are right The UFC is, is contracted to do 42 events Now I always point this out to people Please understand that every TV contract has a contracted amount of events. It's not like right. the UFC is in some kind of special deal where they right. have to. I mean, the NBA is scheduled to put on so many right. games. You know that sort of thing. Everybody has deals. Um, I will say that I think the UFC is in a pretty unique spot where if they don't get the right amount of events done by the end of the year, if ESPN tries to come to them and say, "Hey, you didn't deliver," they could say, "Hey." Remember when we were ready to hold an event and you told me not to? You don't get to back out now. You're the one that told me to shut down USC 249 in California. So I think they're in a pretty unique position right there, that where they could battle a little though. bit. That yeah.
1: Only gives them one event. <laughs> but, but, but he could go, and I would
0: have kept going every week after that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, again, and I don't even think ESPN would push back on him, but I do think that when you talk about that, here's what I think it would take. And 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 I love the the discussion, the the open discussion. I, in that Twitter mailbag thing, I remember I, 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 a little note I put in there. I remember the first time I heard a a fellow journalist say that they had it written into their employment contract that any time they fly, it has to be business class. And I was like, I never even thought of that. Like, I never even imagined you could get something like that in your employment agreement, you know? Uh, Unfortunately, I still don't have anything like that in my employment agreement to date. You'll never get that. I'll never get that. (laughs) But I thought it was cool to hear it and go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know I could ask for that. I didn't know that's something like a discussion point. So I love the fact that, that people are throwing out there like hey, here's what I got. And here's what I got. And here's what I should. get. I, I love the fact. I think that discussion will educate fighters, it'll educate managers, it'll help people understand. So in the lack of organization, at least having an open forum I think helps move everything forward, right? At le- it at least educates people to know what they can do at the table. Here's what I think it would take. I don't think you I don't think you're ever going to be able to get everybody on the roster to sign an agreement, I just don't. There's too many guys that are making 12 and 12. They're like, "Well, wait. If I don't sign the agreement, like I, I, I might get bumped up the card a little bit and get an opportunity or whatever." You know what I mean? They're still
1: going to get 12 and 12. I hope they realize. But, but that. Yeah, well, but they're hoping. <laughs> but they're going to get that chance for the 12 and 12. That's what
0: I'm saying. They'll say, "Hey, man, I get, I get in there." Yeah, you're right. They don't even have the the, I, you know, they don't even have the capability of holding it. In fact, that would be pretty interesting if the UFC ever did organize. I wonder if you'd have to have something like, listen, if you're making less than fifteen to fifty, you don't have to be a part of our strike because we understand well, I that think you still the fir- need to work.
1: Yeah, I think the first part of it, if they did collect vote, there would have to be a guaranteed minimum like the every other league. Yeah. You know, whether it be 25, 25 you know, fifty thousand a fight or something, or just get rid of the get rid of
0: the but I mean, like when, when like uh when and i have never been part I think of think major league baseball. I've never I been part of a like- union. Do, do unions like uh, maybe you don't know either, but I've never been part of one. I mean if a union says, hey, we're all gonna strike, are there is there some kind of threshold where like if you're making like if you're barely putting food on the table, do you have to walk out of your you job too? You have to too? walk out. Uh, well, that's so part of
1: the thing. But part of the money they're supposed to—they they usually will try to give a little stipend to their, have their, like a little their people. They have that's a little good. something they give. Oh, I mean, but unions. I mean, there was a point in time where unions are awesome, and there was a point in time here where I was trying to get in the local union because I knew. They were getting higher paid than when I was doing the same sort of roadie work for a different organization that wasn't a union right. One. So, it's like it's like one of those things. It's like you want to work for a union because you know they get better rates or whatever. Right. But when you look at it afterwards, it's so much BS overhead that you don't need it. It's practically corrupt. Half the stuff like unions, always seems that way, right? Yeah, unions. There was a point in time like where they served a were very really valuable necessary. service at one point. Like they helped change nowadays, the American workforce. Nowadays, they're just as dirty as anything so else. So here's
0: what I think it would take. I think it would take – what if every single UFC champion, every single reigning UFC champion got together and said, now not this retirement stuff, not I'm retiring or I'm walking away from the sport. That doesn't help anything. They're going to move on. I mean, look, they've already got another bantamweight title fight set up. Henry Cejudo's in the rearview mirror. Not we're retiring, but if every single reigning UFC champion got together and said, you know what, none of us are fighting until this wage percentage thing is addressed. I think that, at the very least, can you imagine the amount of press coverage that would, that would get? Every reigning UFC champion has said, we're not willing to fight until, uh, until we get a chance to discuss this, this revenue-sharing percentage and how it works for everybody. I think, that, I think that would be effective, and I think the coverage it would get from mainstream media would be very, very effective. And, and you know, those guys, those guys and gals at the top – they can all survive, you know, sitting out for, for a year, two years. Yeah. They've all got money to bank. I'm sure they wouldn't want to. I mean, that's that's prime financial opportunity for them. So that's a window of time that they would be giving away their in their athletic prime. So I'm not saying that it would be easy for them. I'm just saying it's more possible for them than the guy that's making 12 and 12 that's just trying to put food on the table. And I think it would be a real interesting position for the UFC because if you're the UFC – I mean, you have to address that, right? Like, if, if a guy retires, like, look at what Dana says now. Hey, if Henry Cejudo wants to come back and fight Volkanovsky, would you do that? And he just goes, ha, Cejudo's retired. What are you talking about? Let, next question. You know, yeah. he can just move on. Hey, what about Conor McGregor? Ah, Conor's retired. Next question. But if every champ got together and said, we're not fighting until this is addressed, yeah, the UFC could strip every one of them, but I don't think you'd be able to strip that without a hell of a lot of backlash to saying – you're 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 really willing to strip every single one of your champions rather than come to the bargaining table and talk about these numbers openly. Yeah. So being as how I don't think you'll ever be able to get everybody on the roster to sign their card or to sign up for the union or to sign up for the association, I think that would be a way to make significant change.
1: I mean, it would certainly and I think I think when the part of the thing too is that I think Dana or just even all the fighters assume, like, all right, even if we did this thing, you know, everybody's going to expect them, oh, we need to have half of everything, half of everything. Even if they started small and were able to collectively get something where they could just get guaranteed a yearly sort of stipend. So, you know, say the UFC gets whatever, $150 million a year, 100 and something a year out of this TV deal. If you take, and I'm just – I quickly did some numbers – 22 million dollars say the rosters 450 fighters right and you take a 22 million which if it is say 150 million or even at a hundred million so you take less than you know 25 percent of this one year thing and allot it to the fighters you could give every one of the fighters on the roster fifty thousand dollars so as a base sort of pay here's fifty thousand dollars most of us would say fifty thousand dollars if I budget it the right way, I can make it through the year.
0: Yeah, you could at least cover your basic expenses. You cover your
1: basic expenses depending on how you live. I mean, it depends on where you live. Oh, by the way, I'm not talking
0: about me covering my basic expenses. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your training and food and and, and rent and that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: and just thinking, you know, so that's not counting any fight money. That's just here's your $50,000 as part of the TV deal. You know, uh, here's your $50,000, and then you still get your fighter money. If they could even just get it and start small – I think the th- the big thing is that they want to come in and just be like, All right, we want to come in, we want half of everything, we want this, this, this.
0: Well I saw all said in, in a tweet one time, he's like, Maybe we talk about thirty percent. If it's eighteen, maybe we talk about twenty eight to thirty or something. Yeah. I think, because I do think it is fair to argue on the other side. Now, when you hear that they just paid out three hundred million dollars to, you know, Hollywood investors, that makes you start questioning some things. But I do think it's important to figure out or to point out, I should say, when you have these discussions Realize the UFC does have very significant overhead, much more significant yeah, overhead. They, they
1: work around. It's a revolving credit line, practically. Well, no, but I'm talking about revolving I'm the, lines of debt. Sh-
0: sure, but I don't mean just the debt payment. And, and you're yeah. right, the debt payment is huge. But I just mean in the way the business is run, like versus like a boxing promotion. Yeah. A boxing promotion doesn't employ 300 people. You know what I mean? It doesn't have offices all over the world. It's not. It's. It's. I mean, the UFC is done differently, right? I mean, it's. 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 It's the business model is a little bit different, and they also don't have. You know the multi-billion-dollar television deals that the NFL or the NBA and that sort of thing has. So, um, you know, I like it when 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 all says, "Hey, why don't we come in and we're, no, we're not talking about 50 percent, but maybe 30 percent. If we're doing 18 now, can we do 30? I, I mean, I think that's a reasonable a reasonable starting point. Makes sense. I mean, if you could if you could,
1: <laughs> people are gonna hate me. One particular person. I mean, if you could pay staff for two months to not do a fucking thing, <laughs> can you throw <laughs> a little bit of money? Can you throw a little bit of money to your fighters for doing nothing?
0: Yeah, one person's going to hate you for that. Anyway, it's, a, it's, a, it's an <laughs> interesting discussion to have. So, uh, yeah, so long story short, I thought that was a great question because I think if Mazidal uh, and Jones, for that matter as well, if, if they want to, to do what's best for them, they're better off doing it behind closed doors. If they want to do what's better for everybody, then doing it in public I think is fine. But remember you just holding out is not going to change anything for the collective it's just yeah. not it's if if you really honestly your motivation is to change things for everybody you've got to do something that affects everybody and involves everybody
1: and like i've said before you almost need an earth shattering world event to find that perfect time to do it.
0: Now, when could
1: that possibly Gosh, happen? I mean, you just
0: never see earth-shattering world It just world never really there. ever happens, you know. But <laughs>
1: should one of those happen, I would think that would be
0: the best time to try something like this. I think I see what you're suggesting there. Uh, listen, by the way, I should say if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Log into uh, Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts. At well, you wouldn't get a podcast on Apple Music, would you? You'd get it on Apple Podcasts. Well, we can sing. Hey. <laughs> you don't want that. You definitely hey. don't want that. Cold Coffee's got some uh, – Cold Coffee might be able to sing. He's got some music <laughs> skills. You don't want to hear that it's from me. It's the Filipino in me. Uh, yeah. Make sure wherever you get your podcast, you, you log in there. Make sure you subscribe first and foremost. That helps. But then if you can go a little extra second, man, take a second. Give us a rating. Hopefully it's that five stars. You can uh, review us. That would help, man. All that stuff uh, helps us kind of pop up the charts a little bit and get noticed. You can leave us feedback. We always do appreciate that. Or – if you want to step your game up to the next step level, that game up, we mentioned son. it earlier. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, the exclusive home of the and a half uh, post fight podcast that we do every single week. Even though I'm on furlough this week, I'll still be doing it uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, you night. will. Uh, and and Get those are fun. In there, I enjoy those shows. Basically, what we do there is. Because
1: uh, there's no me usually.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, it's not. Cole is not only there because he's busy uh, working and editing video, but what I like to do, you know, kind of give you my thoughts on the night, but also work in, like, some audio from USC President Dana White, from the Knights Featured Fighters, from maybe some undercard fighters that had some standout performances. Um, you know, basically just kind of a recap of the whole thing, and, and that way you don't have to watch all the all the press conferences if you don't want. Try to watch all the post-fight interviews. We'll try to, try to circle that all in there. So uh, for as little as just $3 a month, you can join mm. us over there and get access to all that content. Uh, Going to look and start doing some other stuff as well. Uh, I was thinking maybe, like,
1: you know, Duties.
0: some... Maybe some other than the, I know you keep wanting to send out these nudes. I'm not really wanting to send out the nudes. Watch the
1: pledge count drop
0: oh, quite dramatically. Right away. It just, that I means shut down <laughs> instantly. I, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe like a live Q&A every week or something like that, you know. So kind of add a little interaction we can do over there. Now that we're starting to grow that community, because we started to have a lot of fun discussion in the Sun- comments section. Early
1: Sunday morning Grumpy coffee no. after a fight night would be
0: awesome. No, <laughs> early Sunday morning will not be the time to do that. But yeah, like a live QA like I said we we started to, uh, as the community starting to grow a little bit. You know, we, we've had some interactions in the comment section and that sort of stuff, and it's fun discussions. So I thought maybe like kind of a, a live discussion might be fun. Uh, by the way, uh, shout out to uh, recent additions to the community, Kevin Wilson. Yeah, fellow Buckeye fan. Yes, Kevin. Thank you very much. I know you like that
1: and. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna this you know is I said up. like the fourth Stooge, right? That's right. That's right. I'm sending you a virtual IPO.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> that
1: what they do? He said <laughs> you look like
0: the fourth Stooge. I'm the I'm the sexy Stooge. <laughs> uh, and uh, by the way, I'll probably mess this up, so I apologize. But uh, yeah, you're gonna fuck this up. Saren Ryan? Yeah, that, that was good. I don't know. Hit me up, dude. Tell me how to say it so I say it right from now on. I'll repeat it next week just to say it the right Lil way. Ryan. I apologize, but thank you. Yeah, it means a lot. All right, UFC on ESPN 12 is this week. Uh, I will. What if it's Sharon? Don't maybe the CIA is like shh. Uh, All
1: right, right, you guys tell me what you think. C i a r a n that could be Sharon. No. All right, maybe not. Well, how did you say it? Sharon. 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 I'm so sorry. It does look like it though.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: Maybe it's Chiaran. (laughs) that was like italian and irish or something in there yeah Uh,
0: hit hit me up let let me know how to say it so i don't butcher it i apologize but thank you for signing up i really do appreciate that uh we both do ufc on espn 12 is this week poirier versus hooker Uh, i will be watching it from home by the way 2 p.m pacific start on the prelims 5 p.m start on the main card uh I'll be I'll Pretty be I'll, I'll be banging out that and a half in uh, it, it, as an early night. So I'm looking forward to that main event. Is spectacular. Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Uh, virtual media day was today. We watched uh, we watched uh, those interviews all together. We've been prepping for this. Uh, I am I'm excited for this fight. I don't see how any MMA fan wouldn't be excited for this fight. Fantastic lightweight fight. Um, I just don't see any way it's not an exciting clash. You know the interviews today. Both those guys are, are kind of. Professional. They're not big trash talkers. They're, yeah. they're kind of buttoned up in the way they handle things. Um, they're respectful. But I think that's what's great about this. We don't need we don't need to fake sell this. I think Dan Hooker just said, "Look, neither one of us has been in a boring fight ever. Like you know, yeah. this is gonna this is gonna deliver." I like fights like that. We don't need to manufacture anything. It's a, it's a big fight in the division. Still kind of trying to uh, sort out where everybody stands underneath Justin Gaethje and Habib off. And so, uh, man, this looks like it's gonna be a a, a big one on paper uh, in terms of meaning a fun one on paper in terms of how the fight will probably play out. And listen, I'm torn on this one, man, because, um, man, Dustin Poirier, obviously, you know, incredible boxing, man. He's been in some great fights, man. He's he's uh, just a dogged fighter. You know he's going to be there. You know he's going to push the pace. You know he's going to be aggressive. Fighting for the first time in, uh, what, about nine months, I guess, since the loss to Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, meanwhile, you got Dan uh, Hooker, who is really honestly – has become one of my favorites in his career, man. I just, I, I love talking to him. I love watching him fight. He's exciting. Uh, you know, he had a, a hard fought decision over Paul Felder back in February. Um, man, it, it's funny because Poirier is the favorite here, and I understand why, of course. But I am a little surprised there's as much gap as there is, and it's funny because the gap has been coming in. Like later, like it's not like it's it's. I mean, a lot of people are are leaning on Poirier right now. What's the odds right now? Uh, minus two thirty for Dustin Poirier, plus one ninety for Dan Hooker. Where did what it start at? Started out as minus one seventy five for for Dustin Poirier. Wow, some money. And it's so it's it's gotten bet down, and it's 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 main the movement's been within the last two weeks. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of wagering movement for a while when we weren't having any events. I, yeah. I don't think we knew if this fight was going to happen. I know for the longest time, you know, we had it listed on our calendar, but I didn't think uh, I didn't think Dan was going to be able to get into the country, so I didn't think we were going to have it. Um, but anyway, i would be honest with you. I'm kind of I, I I like the chances that Dan brings to the table here. You know, he's kind of the not to say that um, that Poirier not in form, but um, you know, he, he he's only fought once in in the last 14 months, and it was a loss. Um, now, granted, against an entirely different style of opponent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Dan Hooker has kind of been been battle-tested. Um, you know, I know that, that – uh, and this is a weird thing to even talk about. I know that Hooker's gym was closed just like everybody. But I do wonder, you know, New Zealand has – I mean, they've kicked ass on this thing, right? You know yeah, what I mean? They, they're, they're
1: crushing it. They
0: right got now. done with COVID. So, I do wonder if, uh, you know, the restrictions were lighter – uh, and that's probably something I would have talked about a little bit more had I actually been uh, able to, to, to work this week. Um, but was his training camp a little bit more robust is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Did he have a little bit more options because the the restrictions were less because of how good they've done. I mean, they're already having sporting events with crowds in them again, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, was he – did he have access to more training partners and, in, 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 like I said, a more robust and, and normal training camp? Um, I don't know. So – I, I ended up in my official picks leaning towards Dan Hooker and taking Dan Hooker, but I'm not here to try to tell everybody, Yeah, guys, I've got this thing so sorted out. I don't even understand why people are giving Poirier a chance. I'm not trying to say that,
1: Yeah, but I ended up going with Dan Hooker. And, and I did as well, and I will – Explain why so much less better than you did. (laughs) Um, one, I think Dustin's always been a huge favorite of junkie. He's always been great to us. I love everything about Dustin. He's a good, he's just a good human being. He's a good dude. Um, I've been lucky enough to have drinks. You know, when both of us haven't really been working, and you just appreciate uh, the kind of guy that he is. He's a family guy. You know, I want him to win. I want him to do uh, great things. And regardless you of how cheer I for him. You know, can't not cheer for him. you know and even though I didn't pick Hooker uh, I'm sorry I didn't pick Poirier and I went with Hooker part of it was even though like you said I mean Dustin is still firing at such a high level and he's such a badass I just when I, you know right now Hooker's is is on the way up his momentum is going so high he's Fighting better than he's ever been fighting, and part of it, I I looked at Dustin, even though his last fight was against Khabib and it was for a title. It's this is that fight after the the loss of Mm -hmm. going for a title, he put everything into it, and this meant that fight meant so much to him. You could see it in his eyes, heartbroken, you know, he was completely heartbroken after that, understandably. And that doesn't mean he wouldn't put effort into this, but. It's got to feel like there's less shine for this fight in his eyes because this is that first fight to show that, yeah, I'm still at the top. I'm still grinding. I'm starting my way back to the – you know, that title fight. And part of that – so it's not the Dustin that's, you know, been on this streak, that's been firing through, you know. And then going against this this young kid that's just – He's not the youngest, but whatever. But this guy, that's just a dynamo right now, and and Dan has just constantly been surprised me with his striking and his toughness. He's he's been tested, and uh, that city kickboxing thing. I mean, especially with Israel, yes. they're they're those guys have dialed it in so well right now that I think that camp is is a, is a bit underrated even though if you can be underrated with having champs. I just think right now that they are they are doing things so well. They're doing a really good job of breaking down their opponents, and, you know, and the thing about Dustin's there's plenty of tape out there for them to see. I think Dan's going to be able to kind of stay away from uh the areas that are good for Dustin. He's still going to be able to strike, but I think he's going to have a decent job of controlling where the fight goes and I I just I just think that Dustin uh this this is just this is a really super tough fight to go into right after having the Habib fight. Um I almost would have rather him fought somebody that maybe wasn't right there in Go contention, down the ladder a little go bit. Go down yeah. the ladder a little bit. Because regardless, if he takes a loss here it's gonna knock him even further down. I almost would have rather that he had a easier fight to build back up into that uh you know, title shot because there's no guarantee that the winner of this is going to get the title shot no, either. No, definitely not. They'll probably so, not,
0: at least need another fight. Yeah,
1: so I would almost rather that he had had an easier fight. But that's me loving on Dustin and liking Dustin. I want Dustin to get these Ws.
0: And he may. And he, he, may,
1: may. he may still get it, you know. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the great thing about this sport is that, you know, there's these ones where it's always the – up-and-coming kid that's just blowing everybody away, and then you have the veteran. Just look at Jim Miller and what Jim Miller did in his last fight. I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, the veterans will always shine and will always have these moments. And that could happen here. Um, But I just went with the guy that's riding the momentum. I agree. that, That whole camp is just crushing it right now.
0: I agree. Look, the key for, for Poirier is, is going to be pressure. It's going to be getting inside, I think. I, I don't think you want to stand on the outside with Dan Hooker. He's, he's going to have a little bit longer frame to work with. And, uh, you know, you got to be wearing the knees with Hooker as well, leg kicks as well. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. So, uh, and he's got a hell of a chin. He does, man. He really does. So, I, I man, I'm loving this fight. Cannot wait. I lean towards the upset here. But, uh, not, by the way, funny because, I mean, I use the word kid a lot too because we're old. <laughs> uh, but it's funny because – They're all kids to us. It is funny. So, Hooker, by the way, is 30, which, okay, he's not a kid. Hilarious. But here's what's insane. Poirier is 31. Oh, my goodness. What? How is that possible? It's because we've been watching him since he was 16. Yeah, I've been watching him for a decade, man. It's crazy. So, love this main event. I'll I'll be honest, I love the co-main event as well. Uh, Mickey Gall versus Mike Perry. And I want to be honest here, man. Another line that I was surprised to see. Not that I wager a lot, but – well, I don't wager at all in MMA. But uh, (laughs) Mike Perry at minus 320 versus plus 260, Mickey Gall. And I get it. I mean, Mike Perry is striking – and power uh, could absolutely ruin Mickey Gall in the opening round, no question about it. But listen, if Mickey Gall can drag this out a little bit and he can get this, you know, get into some grappling exchanges, I think it's clear it that Mickey Gall's yep. gra- grappling, yeah, is, is far superior to Mike Perry's. Um, and I'll be honest with you, man, this whole training situation with Mike Perry of, you know, not having a team and having his girlfriend as his lone corner. Um, it may not matter. He may go out there and smash Mickey Gall in the first round and and, and and that's that. You know what I mean? But even just all the things like tonight, the weight cut, uh, the the weight recovery, the the psychological aspect of it. And I I don't know yeah. his girlfriend, so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say anything about her. I, I don't know anything about her. She may be the I just can't imagine that her MMA knowledge um, is, you know, up to par with, you know, professional mixed martial yeah. arts teams. And so I'm not even thinking gonna be so- able
1: to help keep him on his weight cut like when he was describing the weight <sighs> cut he it seemed like he had a lot of work to do you know even though it looked like he was pushing the bulk of what he was needed to drop to tomorrow morning right uh but you need somebody that could keep you on like that knows what you need to be doing so when you're in that moment of where you're a little depleted maybe you're not thinking right you need that person to say okay let's get up we got to get moving. That's it. we got to go to the next thing. Is she going to be that, or is she just going to be sitting there?
0: And I think about – you know, I think about – especially, man, you know, right now, you know, everybody's kind of – especially in this situation because in this COVID-19 environment, you know, you can't go out and just walk around and do whatever. you got to stay there. Um, Man, you know, that night before, the morning of, you know, a a coach that's been with you that understands the sport, that understands the game, they psychologically know what you need. They know how to handle you, whether it be – give you your space or give yep. you a pep talk or whatever. And 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 again, and I'm not trying I know I know nothing about his girlfriend. So I'm not trying to speak to her. I'm just thinking what I'm speaking of as kind of a, a newcomer to the environment or a stranger to the environment. They come in and they may think that, you know, you need you need comfort and discussion all day and and pep talks and whatever and you're like Dude, I need to veg yep. out and not think and really You know what I mean? It's just all I need those to lay little. Lay on the
1: ground, cover me with towels, and leave me alone. That's <laughs> it, you know. And, and and
0: you know, the morning of the fight, uh, the the you know what to do in the locker room, how how to how to get somebody mentally ready, all those things. Man, I get it. As far as once the bell sounds, all right, Mike Perry knows how to fight. He's a scrapper, man, and, and he could absolutely go out and devastate Mickey Gall in the opening round. That could absolutely happen. He's got that. So I'm not saying that, man. Dude, having your girlfriend as your lone corner, that is that is a guarantee that you're going to lose your fight. It's not. He could still do it. He could still impress. But it scares me a little bit. All these yeah. variables, all these things that, that in the days leading up, the hours leading up, uh, even, yeah, during the fight. I mean, if it does go to round two, uh, do you know where to put the stool? Do you know how to apply the ice? Do you know how to – it just – it scares me, man. It scares me. So for that reason – um, I actually went with Mickey gall here man I actually and I know that's a big upset pick yeah but those are so many question marks and oddities to me um, that it that it scares me a little bit so uh, let's do this uh, I, I you know it's kind of it's kind of funny because you mentioned a lot of the discussion of, of the weight cut so this is Mike Perry's virtual media day I cut out a lot of the questions about the weight cutting. Uh, or about his weight, because I figure by the time most people listen to this, um, he'll, he'll probably have already been on the scale. So I figured, you know, plus it was about an 18-minute interview uh, or virtual media day session. I wanted to trim it down a little bit. So you won't hear those bits that Cold Coffee was referring to, but you will hear... His reactions to a lot of other stuff, uh, our Nolan King actually kicked off the session. Uh, you'll hear former MMA Junkie staffer Stephen Morocco on here asking if few yeah, questions the sheriff. as well. <laughs> the deputy, sir. Deputy. The deputy. He is the deputy <laughs> editor of MMA <laughs> Fighting Now, so it's Deputy Steve. Uh, he's in there as well, so you hear some familiar voices. But uh, before we go any further on this and get cold coffee thoughts on the fight, uh, let you listen for yourself. Uh, here was the, uh, the virtual media session with Platinum Mike Perry.
2: Hey, Mike, appreciate the time today, man. A uh, lot's been made coming into this fight about the fact that this weekend you're not going to have coaches in your corner. You're going to have your girlfriend. And after this, you said that, you know, you're going to go on to kind of form a team around you. And I think this is very interesting. Um, but for, for for this camp, where did you train? You know, was it any different, this training camp, compared to the other ones that you, you've done in the past? Um, I am going to have a coach in my corner, but that coach
3: happens to be my girlfriend. Uh, she'll be coaching. And, um... You know, I can't say it was much different than any other training camp I've ever had. Got my road work in, uh, got good food in my diet, uh, drank a lot of water and, you know, punch in the air, you know. So I had some training partners and some bodies to work with that were down to listen and do it my way.
2: And um, I'm going to go in there on Saturday night and do it my way. And did, did you train in a particular facility for this fight? I know with the pandemic, some fighters have had to pull out some you know weird backyard stuff. So kind of you know where where where, where were you prepare, preparing for this fight? Um, I was in Lubbock, Texas, getting ready for this fight.
3: I did uh, I did travel to uh, Florida for a little bit. Um, I watched a lot of episodes of Naruto. I watched the whole three seasons of the Avatar: The Airbender and that was good for like mental training and then i walked around universal studios and islands of adventure and we went swimming at volcano bay that was good training and we ate at lots of restaurants and we ordered good healthy food lots
2: of big steaks that's great and uh, you seem very mentally relaxed coming into this fight uh you know, is it something about the matchup you like here? You know, just talk to me about Mickey Gall a little bit. What do you expect uh, come Saturday? I expect to get paid. <laughs> Let's keep it simple, bro.
3: Get paid. It ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Uh, what can I say? I'm sure he's trained hard. Good for you, bud. You'll have a good life. It'll be healthy. Eat another salad. I and mean, uh, that's not gonna fix your broken jaw that you get this Saturday, though.
2: And he he he. Uh, earlier, we we spoke to Mickey, and he kind of made some comments that he thought you might have regressed a little bit. Do you have any sort of response to that? You know, I don't know what regressed mean. What he pull back? What that mean? Saying saying that your skills have have gone backwards a little bit, that you've you've d- diminished over time a little. Well, if that's what he thinks
3: how martial arts works.
2: He must have fell off the bike a couple times. And my last question for you, man, uh, how do you get it done on Saturday? Knock
3: out. I'm going to knock his ass out. I'm going to knock Mickey Gall out.
4: One of the other things that Mickey uh, said is that he's a low-key Mike Perry fan. He loves your style. He finds you entertaining. What's your response to that?
3: Was all that shit you was talking, boy, keep that same energy.
4: And then last one for me, you did call him, uh, I think a while back, a weak-ass opponent. Is that just based on the level of guys that you've been fighting versus his level of competition?
3: No, it's just facts. Saturday night is how I stack up against him. It's how he stacks up against me. It has nothing to do with anybody we've ever fought before on either side. Any man can win when they step in there, but uh uh-uh, on Saturday night, it's just me versus him, him versus me.
4: I know you've been you've been critical of fans. You've been critical of media heading into this fight. Are you uh, are you happy to be here right now talking to us? Hell
3: no! I am not happy to sit here and talk to y'all when I could be laying down watching TV, cuddling with my girl, or walking through Vegas. Uh, maybe you know, getting some sun, cutting some weight, because I still got some pounds to get off. Would y'all like to talk to us on the very last day?
4: Well, I, I apologize, sir. Quick uh, qu- quick question. I, I talked to Mickey a couple of weeks ago. He didn't really truly remember how it started, but it seems like this fight between you and Mickey has been discussed or there's been some back and forth between you guys for, for a while now. Do you remember how this sort of rivalry began with Mickey Gall and, and when you wanted this fight?
3: Yeah, y'all starting it right now, talking about we ever had a rivalry. He's a low-key Mike Perry fan, remember? And then he wants to get where I am or something, or he wants to fight me until he signed that line. Then he changed his whole tone, didn't he? But um, he started calling me out. He thought it was a good fight for him. When he saw the cowboy armbar, well, his jiu-jitsu's not as good as 36-year-old Cowboy Cerrone, who's been snapping the arms since the UFC began. So,
4: and then last thing for me, you know, you're a fighter's fighter. I'm sure you're excited to just get back in that cage on Saturday, Saturday night, and compete. And there's a lot said about the approach to this fight and some of the things you're doing. But one thing I have noticed about you, Mike, is that you're you are who you are, and I feel like despite all the you know, quote-unquote controversy and all of that, I, I feel like you're you're in a really good place right now. Like, you're happy with where you're at right now. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah, I'm happy with telling all you losers to go fuck yourselves. That makes me happy. And I might not necessarily be talking to you. If that offends you, you must be a loser. You must be going to fuck yourself because if it doesn't pertain to you, then you shouldn't affect you right
4: Nah, i i I feel okay mike thank you for the time man good luck on saturday
2: one of the things that you said that you wanted to do uh around the time of that submission grappling match is sort of get back into this winning mindset and start to you know care to work hard uh care about the sport do you feel like you've found that place uh as you're heading into this fight is is the training with the uh, or having the, the girlfriend corner you, is that part of, like, not taking things so seriously and just sort of being you?
3: But I am taking it very seriously. I take my life very seriously. This is my life. This is what I do. Why would I want anybody else to get any credit or get that front row seat than the only person that I give a fuck about? Like, like I don't, I don't really get it, bro. It's working out. It's to fight. It's by yourself all the time is what... We do, and I got one thing that I fight for. Which is what? Money? No, that's a nice addition. But no, man, I fight to be to be who I am because who I am gets me the one thing that I fight for.
2: It's my girl, bro. Have you given her any advice on how to corner you best?
3: Sit there and enjoy the show.
2: So she's not going to give you any like fighting advice. She's just
3: going to sit there. Gets to the second round. No. Life is fighting advice. We fighting out here every day with this COVID shit and trying to deal with who's rich and who's poor and who's black and who's white. We just keep fighting. Well, I done. all the scientific, all the you know explanations written down on paper. All this shit about how you should be, how fighting, what this person think you should do in a fight. No, I'm, I think I'm the one with the experience, and I know how it should go. I just want to feel good. She's just going to be there to make me feel good, make me look good. And if it even goes to the second round, it's because I want her to have time to talk to me in the corner. I want her to give me a kiss and tell me to go get them.
4: I just have one question for you. Mickey Gall just told us that he loves the smaller cage. What do you think about it?
3: <laughs> I just thought of something, bro. That shit was funny. All right. Um, the small cage. Yeah, whatever. Like, uh, let's go, bud. I don't care how big it is, there's less room for him to run. He wants to tell himself he likes that in there with me. Okay, well, I'm just going to stand there and we'll see what happens. What What do you think it will happen? <laughs> he going to try to throw something and I'm going to pop his ass and then he going to try to grab something and I'm going to pop his ass again and then he going to fall down and I'm going to pop his ass one more time. And the ref gonna be pulling me off of him. I ain't even gonna let the ref pull me off. I'm gonna stay there and try to pop him a couple more.
4: Okay, Mike, thank you very much, and good luck on Saturday.
3: Thanks. That's all we have for you today, Mike. Thank you. Oh man. Remember the guy who told Floyd he be like, you catching a rabbit. You the champion. And Floyd was like, I don't know what you had said, bro, but I know you said I'm the champion. I like that.
5: I like that shit, bro
0: all right the one and only platinum mike perry cold coffee i know you're watching that today um i don't know man again i can see mike perry just go out and starching mickey gall early but what do you think man i mean is this uh is this situation that he's in? I mean, he's always a character, right? It's not like you can watch one interview and be like, "Oh my gosh, Mike Perry." He's always a character like that, you know. Yep. But um, I don't know. Are you are you concerned, or or, or are we, am I overthinking this a little bit? I mean, I would be cons-
1: the mo- the the biggest thing I'm concerned of is just the weight cut. Probably, I think once the fight gets going, uh, Mike's going to fight how Mike's going to fight. You know. Um, if he gets to the ground, uh, even if he had a, a decent or a, a really good jujitsu coach in his corner to help him, you know, tell him how to get out of certain things, I think Mike would, probably would Mike anyways. Uh, you know, he sort of had me uh, sold once he started talking about uh, watching the Naruto you know at that point, the anime I realized, got you excited at, at that point, I realized he's done the right things for this camp, and so, <laughs> uh, I can't remember who I picked, but after he said that, I was like, "Oh okay, well, obviously, I hope I picked Mike Perry for this one um because I love that show I, I mean I love the fact that he was still he's having fun uh with this fight week. I think he's having fun with this whole uh camp this whole you know event." He's just having fun. He seems like a guy that while most of us are, you know, want to break down and say how bad it's going to be because he clearly hasn't thought about, you know, what he needs to have in his corner. You know, here's a guy that we've heard even from like Diego that just said, let me do me. If I know that I want to have this guy in my corner that I'm happy, you know, with them in my corner, if I'm Doing what I want and I feel good being in this. Just be happy for me and and in that situation,
0: there's something to be I've, said for that. I've kind of
1: taken it like this. I'm like, if if this is what Mike needs to feel comfortable to get in there and and just to, you know, feel good, then you know what what am I gonna say? But I'm just mainly worried about the. After hearing him today talking about all the weight he needed to do, I would just think that that was the part I was worried about. But again, this is ultimately the coaches haven't done the cut for him all this time he and his body has went through these cuts so it's not like his it's his first uh, rodeo of trying to cut weight so he if he knows what he needs to do to get there um and he makes weight then i'm not going to be worried about the fight yeah you know if he if he has a, a heck of a time and he misses weight by a lot tomorrow um then i'll be a little bit maybe more uh worried about the fight because then I'd feel like, okay, if that part is dropping off, what else has lacked this whole training camp? Um, I mean, if he's coming in feeling good, his body feels good, his chin feels good because he maybe hasn't taken the sparring that he uh, normally would take, you know, so he's got a a little bit more recharge on his chin, um, then who knows? I mean, and again, this fight could end really, really quickly. Um, It's just... You would kind of want that veteran ear in his corner, so that if it gets to the point where okay, Mickey's taking my punches, I'm starting to get a little tired. What mode do I what mode do I switch into? And that's when you kind of want to
0: have that, a little bit somebody advice, there, a little bit of experience. I mean, like yeah. you, you brought up Diego Sanchez. to remind you of what you can do. You brought up Diego Sanchez, and and, and I, look, I thought I know it didn't necessarily uh, strike well with with Joshua Fabia, but I was said I I was I've always said if, if yeah. Diego wants him in his corner man if that if that's what makes him happy, like you said, yes, I still would like to see someone with a little bit of veteran experience yeah. just to just to to to, ha- to be able to give those fine tune adjustments yeah, It was just know?
1: wait Mike when he said something today when he was like you know i I found myself when I'd hear all this stuff and I was trying to do things that these people in my corner were telling me, and it wasn't working, and I realized that maybe that was part of the problem, so in his mind, yeah,
0: I'm I, overthinking it i'm over
1: yeah i mean and then if it means that I get rid of them to take that portion out of it to get me out of my head, just to get me back to my primal self that, that has worked for him for so long, then it's worth a shot. And if he goes in there and he just literally just dominates, they're all going to be like, well, do you Mike, you know, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just the unfortunate side of that. If it doesn't, you know, he's going to hear all these people, uh, you know, say, oh, you could have did better if you did this, this, this. But at the end of the day, if it's him going home to him and his girlfriend and he's happy with what he decided and he was happy with that decision, he doesn't need to please anybody no, else. That's... So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we all say if he loses. Oh, that's for damn sure. As dude. long as he's happy and he's going in there and he's comfortable because he he's jumping into a situation that could be absolutely frightening. And if this is what he needs to do to go in there <clears throat> with no fear and just to feel relaxed...
0: Yeah, I definitely not, on I definitely uh, you know to be clear I'm not passing judgment on his decisions. Obviously yeah. everybody's got to do what makes them. Again, we've talked I mean this I think that's one of the main focuses we always talk about what a, just a mentally difficult sport this is. So whatever makes him happy, but if I'm just breaking down Xs and Os and how I would build a camp and I, yeah. I just I'm wondering I'm like ah are you going to get everything you need like I said, you know, those um you know, are you I mean, hell, we talked about, you know, Drysdale and Roshkoff to start off. I mean, are you going to get any kind of yeah. exchange like that? It's just, that's, you know. How many times,
1: you know, you know, I always think, too, Craig um, Jackson. Right. Who I think is one of the smartest coaches. Absolutely. How many times have you seen when he goes in the corner, he spends half the time doing what?
0: Calming him down. Getting breathe. him to breathe. Yep. Breathe. Relax. Breathe. So you got
1: one of the most brilliant coaches in the world. But what does he do in the corner? He tells his fighter to breathe. Yeah. I think she can handle that.
0: Wow. That's not where I thought you were going with that. That's pretty funny, though. That's yeah. good. All right, listen. Uh, overall, man, the card, you know, n- not as deep as it was last week, but still some interesting matchups for me. Brandon Allen versus Kyle Dacus. Uh I'm going to homer for Kyle Dawkins a little bit here, a little uh, cage fury champ. He's a, a CFSC vet. Obviously, uh, I love working with those guys out there, so I'm a homer and, and, and hope for the best. These guys, it's a pretty interesting matchup. They've got a lot of similar skill sets, uh, and Brendan Allen maybe a little bit more battle tested, but uh, Kyle Dacus, I think he is a talented fighter. So. So, uh, looking forward to seeing his uh, USC debut. Maurice Green versus John Vellante. John Vellante moving up to heavyweight. Woo! Man, uh, I'm interested to see how this works. John, by the way, if you want to watch his full media day interview, uh, virtual media day interview, it's on MMA Junkies YouTube. Uh, John, as you would expect, who's one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet, is just so open and honest. Yeah. Like, why move up John's to heavyweight? To John, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> tough to train during this pandemic. And, uh, you know. He's like somebody doing that, and he's like, I won't be, you know, won't be walking around with my shirt off much, but I, you know, I don't think I can make it down to a five. because I'm a little pudgy right now, so we're going to heavyweight. Um, he is awesome. That is, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I love he is, the matchup. He is a character uh, Maurice Green, uh, of course. Here's the thing: is 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 huge. I mean, six foot seven. Yeah, uh, he cuts to make two sixty five. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's had back-to-back uh, losses, so he's in, in a need for a win. And, by the way, I, it's funny because Maurice Green uh went after John Vellante, and I had not seen this anywhere. I wonder if John even knows it, that he played football with Maurice Green's older brother at Hofstra. Yeah. I had not heard that storyline anywhere. I mean, not that that changed anything. It just kind of makes it interesting, like this yeah. dude played football with my brother. Uh, and, he,
1: and he raised a good point because somebody asked him, like, oh, did your brother – Telling these stories, did your brother give me any tips? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a totally like, different it, sport.
0: That was funny. He's like, What kind of, what are you talking He's about? He's like, Yeah, he said jock you know jockstrap it- smelled wonderful. <laughs> like, what is he going to tell them? It's but you a know different what? sport. I did, I did think, I did like what Maurice said after that. He did say but it just goes to show you, man, this dude's been like, In athletics with bigger people his whole life. So it's not like him coming up to heavyweight, like, oh my gosh, he's going to be intimidated here. Like, nah, dude, he's played with bigger people his whole life. So I thought that was interesting. Julian Arosa versus Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson certainly has a little bit of talent. Julian Arosa, Juicy J trains here in Vegas, so uh, benched in that one. But to me, um, I think that the the, the one that I'm most fired up for uh, outside of those top two fights. Is uh, Luis Pena versus Kama Worthy, the violent Bob Ross, um, who who looks to have a ton of talent. combo Worthy uh, is is a fun fighter as well. Um, this is going to be your featured prelim of the night. I don't even know if featured prelim matters anymore now that they're, they're all in the same channel. Yeah. Uh, but but this could be a fun fight. I think stylistically, <coughs> uh, this could be fireworks. So I, I think that those are uh, that that to me is the one I'm most excited about. But I'll give you a couple other ones I'm looking out for early on the prelims. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you are that mm, 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 I, well, mm, I already know which one you're fight? looking forward to <laughs> yeah mm, 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 well mm, mm, all right let's just get the, the cold copies first jenny Frey versus Kay hansen uh jenny Frey, uh former Invicta adam weight champ by the way she fought in tough enough as well so she came through uh the tough enough ranks here amateur here in las vegas very very talented fighter man and obviously appeals to cold coffee and as she's well yes yeah, she, she's not hard on the eyes that's for sure but uh she was an atom weight, so I mean, she's she obviously the UFC does not have an atom weight division, so she's moving up. Um, but it's interesting too because her opponent, Kay Hansen, just twenty years old, which is uh, I, I love seeing the youth movement come into the UFC. So I think I think that one's that is one I definitely have my eye on. Coffey watching it for completely different reasons, but he's interested as well. Uh, but the other <laughs> they're one, they're both I'm,
1: badasses and they're cute.
0: The other one that I was going to point out, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm worried that I'm going to say his name wrong. It's Ramiz Brahima. Is it it's Brahima or Brahima? It's, it's, the J is silent. It's brah. I can't remember if it's Brahima or Brahima. I think whole it's Brahima. The whole end is just silent. Just brah. Yeah. <laughs> brah. Uh, but anyway, uh, by the way, uh, originally from uh, New York, uh, but trains at Fortis MMA. So we always love the Fortis MMA crew. Yeah. Uh, but um, legit talent. A lot of first round stoppages. Very aggressive style. Um, but the guy's got a crazy story, too, because he was uh prepping to be on Dana White's contender series season 2 um and they found a tumor behind his eye oh, so it geez. was like basically between his eye and his brain and he had to get that removed so but it was because of the medicals he was having to go on Dana White's contender series that they found this wow and potentially I mean, I don't know potentially if potentially saved his life. I was just say I don't know if you saved saved I mean, his
1: life or saved his sight. At like least saved were, his yes, yeah, saved yeah. his
0: career. I, I, I would say saved his life, saved his career for sure. That's so, awesome. Pretty crazy, right? Like you're getting yeah. on the contender series, and so now you're fighting in the UFC. So that that's a story and a fighter. Uh, that I that I'm super excited about as well. So that's pretty cool. Um other than I I had a feeling that the the, the Frey matchup was gonna stand out to you. But oh, I- yeah. anything else <laughs> on anything else on this card outside of those top two um that we talked about that you're uh, that you're fired up for? I
1: mean definitely the, the Pena Worthy fight I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's gonna be a good one. But I mean Jordan Griffin, Yusuf Zalal, that that's a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Again, you know, well, I guess that's on the main card, but the Maurice Green and John Volante, I'm super, super excited to see it because two guys that I just want to have beers with both of them and like (laughs) hang out with them. They literally, I I enjoy every interview these guys have done, but um, yeah, the start of the night, I'm I'm super, super excited for the mm, mm, fight of the night uh, (laughs) for
0: sure. (laughs) All right, so that'll be that. Uh, like I said, I will have an and a half episode over at uh, patreon.com slash uh, I'll get to have it pretty early in the night, too, because it's, it's kind of an earlier card. I, li- That's I like crazy, because it's still, even though the night ends, I think I still work till like... You still end up working late, because yeah. the card, it's, it's just you don't end up working until, like, five in the morning, which is nice. You end up yeah. working until, like, two.
1: I will try to put it for, uh, for those... I remember uh, you guys probably already... I was able to stream the post-fight presser, so it's kind of... You know, even though the UFC is putting on there, you guys come watch the post-fight presser on our stream.
0: I mean, you could watch it on on the UFC, but why? Watch why? it. Watch on anime MMA junkies. Closer. Close. Close. I'm closer. Yeah, you can check the... out his new camera that he's got. <laughs> you know, it's it's important. Watch his instead. Uh, all right, uh, real quick update. Uh, Fight Island. Uh, I think I'm going to be there. I'm just not sure yet, which is crazy. Do you have your
1: uh, hula? Like, what what do they wear? What's the hula skirts? the islands like what do the people wear
0: like the grass skirt grass skirt yeah, yeah you got no, a grass skirt no. for it i don't think they wear a grass skirt in abu dhabi bro uh but no listen uh so this is kind of this is kind Fight of like we- desert they should call it <laughs> this is kind of weird because okay uh i don't know if i'm going for sure i'm i think i'm going uh but so what you're
1: saying is you're going to show up and you're hopefully they'll let you in and well no the problem is,
0: because i'm on furlough my employers can't reach out to me to confirm that it's approved. Oh. So they've been having discussions uh, about doing it because we had to budget for everything. Right. Um, and here's the so here's the interesting. This is actually I'm, I'm sure you saw the uh, the uh, the the report that Nolan had on, on how I should say Nolan King of MMA Junkie had on how things were going to be done. So part of the deal is there's a charter plane from Las Vegas that leaves. And it's going to leave sometime next week, late next week. I believe the date um, that they were eyeing is Friday, July the 3rd. I think that's the plan, to fly from Vegas to Abu Dhabi. But here's the thing is, we're not allowed to accept travel from the UFC. But we have to be on this charter because that's part of the bubble. So uh, it was pretty interesting process. The USA Today uh, brass, our, our ethics committee, Um, had to meet on this and talk about how to handle it so uh, yeah so my understanding is uh we're working with the UFC to basically even though they're you know just booking a plane to figure out like what would one ticket cost you know what I mean and Pay for that, yeah. and so that so that's 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 basically the hurdle that had to get over is we have to figure out a way to do this in a way that we're not compromising our ethics in any way that like hey man just just jump on we got you you know what yeah. I mean and uh, oh no, by that's the way I have no since we <laughs> since we got you I you might no this yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway th- so they're working on that so I was waiting on confirmation for them but here's the thing is nobody can email me from our company yeah uh, because I'm on furlough and I'm not allowed to so 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 I think I'll be there I think I'll know for sure on Sunday. Um, but just in case anybody was wondering about how that's going to work, uh, I think I'm going to be there. I have filled out a, uh, an, an application. Uh, I've been approved by the UFC. Mm-hmm. It's just about uh, USA Today, our parent company, uh, approving all the methods and, and uh, the budget and all those things, which I think is going to be done. Uh, but unfortunately, I can't say for sure now, which is a weird position, but I did, uh, did want to update everybody. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to, to talk about – uh was was obviously the most important, but I, I wanted to get the your fridge. Uh well the fridge, we talked about that <laughs> right away. I mean that was the lead. That was the lead. But I I, I, I say this for the last because I felt like it was important to get you to weigh in on this. Uh but what do you think? I mean this is changing time. I mean, we talked about COVID nineteen, right? We talked about COVID nineteen. Okay. That's okay. obviously been a huge impact. Um the Black Lives Matter has obviously been another big thing in yeah. our in our in our society right now and, and man it feels like Societal change is being made. People are people are working uh, diligently to try to improve racial equality. Which, if yep. you don't stand for racial equality, you're weird. We're all the same, dude. Yep. Right? So stand for it. But you know, we're seeing a lot of these statues coming down and things that were yeah. kind of like racist and and uh, you know, people saying, "Hey, we don't want to glorify those anymore. Let's get rid of this." And then it came up, Flavor Town. They, they want to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavor Town. <laughs> In what's honor crazy? of Guy Fieri, uh. I had,
1: I had, you know what's funny <laughs> is that I didn't realize that he was born there, uh, because I always associate him with Vegas because he, went, I know he went to school here, and then uh, Agent H just sort of uh, educated me a little bit on how he's moved around, even though he was born in Columbus, then moved out, to, I think to California, and then came out here to Vegas for school or whatever, and, and then. Uh, you know what's interesting is you know we always call Columbus, uh, some us call it C bus for short, and I was thinking like well, I was like, does that mean I'd call Flavor Town F town? <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's it's uh it's definitely one of those things that you know it my hometown uh, I will have always been raised in Columbus if if. Society deems that, you know, uh, it was named after a guy that doesn't deserve it, you know, and has this sordid past as we've come to uh, have been whitewashed our history, you know, of what he was credited for, which has been proven time and time again that he did none of that <laughs> and that he was kind of an asshole. Um, it, I'll always, I mean, it's, you know, if if the name changes, I'm not going to cry about it, you know, Columbus will will be where I was raised I I can't say I was raised in Flavortown (laughs) you know Uh, and that's just because you know uh, the town wasn't and the people I know and the people I love weren't and it had nothing to do with the fact of the guy that the town was named after. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I don't
0: think – it's funny. And, and I'm, I, obviously, I'm I kind of making light of it. I don't want to make light of those situations as a whole. I mean, yeah. I've I definitely heard about, you know, why Christopher Columbus isn't the guy that people think he was and all that. But, but yeah. it is funny because I'm like, when you hear Columbus, Ohio, like I think of Ohio State University. I don't think of yeah Christopher Columbus. Yeah, you know I, what I'd I mean? call like, it Buckeye
1: Town or something. Or, or there's guys like John Glenn who are uh, – well, he's Ohio – I'd rather they named it something like after him, like Glenville or Glenville something, or something yeah. as opposed to fucking Flavor, Flavor Town. Town. <laughs> um, but I mean, <laughs> there is some truth to how they're sort of trying to justify it. It is one of the biggest uh, food test markets. Um, like, I remember when I uh, BW3s used to have like these garlic garlic wedges, which I absolutely loved, but they don't exist on the market. You know, but that was one of the test foods that they did there and all this other I stuff. Buffalo
0: Wild Wings was invented in yeah. Columbus, Ohio. So,
1: I mean, like, uh, man, I, I uh, Columbus will always be home. But, I mean, if if this is what it needs, if if that's what's needed to happen to uh, start the catalyst, if things like that need to go, it is what it is, you know. I'd probably feel a lot more strongly if I lived there because then I'd have to say, change all the phrases. I'd have to say I lived in Flavortown. Uh, But it is what it is. But I think there's a hell of a lot – you know, I like Guy Fieri a lot – but I think there's probably some better other people that we could probably throw <laughs> like in the mix. That, like
0: that's the best we could come up with. Like I'm that's sure there's the most probably a few. am yeah.
1: sure there's a few Nobel Peace Prize uh, winners <laughs> somewhere from
0: that area. I that mean, we from could a marketing do. gimmick, though, right? Like from oh, like, a, like a tourist perspective or something. Like then it's you can do like all kinds of restaurant fest, and like festivals. The foods, and the foods
1: there is amazing. I and I always said that Columbus has one of the best music scenes uh, in in the U.S. that doesn't get credit. I'd love it if they called it, like, music town or something. <laughs> something a little bit better to where somebody is like, oh, let's go to that town where it's about food, which it is about food, but it's not named after food. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, it is. It, it's kind of putting the light, in, you know, to a very serious thing that's going on. I mean, it's a movement. It, and and uh, that's not the only place that, it, that there's a lot of talk. That talk has happened in other places. So... It could happen.
0: I just um, knew that one was going to hit close to home. Right? Oh,
1: it does. It does. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, uh, I'll always have memories of the people and the places there. And I guess when it all boils down to it, you can call it Flavor Town and it'll still be home. <laughs> Uh, I just have to rephrase all my cool phrases that we used to have. I do
0: like F-Town, though. It just sounds kind of hard. F-Town
1: is hard, dog. It's still the 614, dog, regardless. It's the (laughs)
0: 614. That's good. Now, listen, I had a bunch of chops on that. Not to make light of the Black Lives Matter movement. It is important. I think – I will say this, man. I think uh, now that we're kind of past the looting stuff, which the the looting stuff – that that bothered me a little bit because, as we said, you know, that's not really that's not really pushing for change. In The same way we're talking about yep. fighters need to need to organize if they really want to make change. Looting doesn't necessarily make change. Yep. Uh. You know. But but these continued protests, continued discussion, well, it's it, it's good, man. Because yep. I just again, as we we've said it before, and I don't, I don't never want to make this a political thing. Um. Uh, but man, we've been fortunate to travel the world. And uh, and hang out with with fans of all colors, races, nationalities, and, yeah. and we all love a sport, and we all love drinking beer, and we all have a good time. Like, dude, if if, if you don't understand that at the end of the day, we're all the same people, man. Like yeah. that, we all need to be. I, I just don't understand how. I, I, th- I saw somebody the other day that was just like, I mean, how can you be like? Oh, I think you know, racial equality is important, and you go, Nah, not me. You know, like what? Yeah. Of course. We're all the same, man. We're all the same. So definitely don't want to make light of the movement as a whole, but uh, the flavor town aspect of it just made me crack up. Oh man,
1: there is some good food there. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the movement keeps going. Right now, it's in those changes, and I'll only say it for ten seconds that I won't drag it on. Now that even though the protests have have calmed down a little bit, now it's a matter of the politicians and the people in power need to keep uh, keep that in their mind and keep moving forward, because no one wants to see people have to always take time out of their their life to have to go walk the streets and keep it in the forefront of everybody. If the media does their jobs and keeps it in the forefront, if the politicians keep it in front of the the people that are making the laws and the momentum's going forward, I would love if, if people were able to go back and earn their livings knowing... That uh, they've passed the torch and that that movement has started. We've made and it clear what we expect. We need right. you to deliver from here. And then you know, then hold the politicians, hold the people in power accountable. If the politicians don't ride this out and do something with it, replace them and get ones in there that will listen to the plight and will listen to the movement and move forward. But um, you know,
0: go vote, register you know. and vote.
1: Yeah, I'm so proud of the people that that went out there and hit the streets and do whatever you know and do what they need to do. But I know they also need to make a living and need to take care of themselves and find time to eat and, and relax and decompress so hopefully these politicians and people that we you know pay all this money to and are supporting Will do the jobs that they're supposed to do, and and listen to the people, and do it so so that people can get back to normalize.
0: I dig it, man. All right. Well, pardon our brief uh, foray into politics. You start with a flavor town. I mean, you know, how you, dare you? It just gets heavy. It just gets heavy when you bring up flavor town. It does. All right, it man. Kind of we'll, makes me hungry. Though. <laughs> we'll turn it. But we'll turn it back to MMA. Taco uh, town.
1: Th- that's happen Taco Night. I'm taco down. Town taco sounds, sounds so much better. Sounds better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, listen, like I said, if you want to grab the uh, and a half episode, make sure you join us patreoncom Roadshow. If not, we'll be back here next week, of course. Until then, let's just say thanks for listening.
5: Okay. <laughs>